Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Unscheduled CEO. It's Wednesday, the 15th of February, 2023. a bit late on this week's podcast because I was traveling. Mm. It's also going to be a short one this week. Very short. You'll probably be happy to know. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? Whoa. What a week. What a week. What a week. So uh, I'm just back from Sweden. Um, just spent the entire week and weekend uh, that just went in uh, Sweden with my team. We, If you were listening last week, you would have heard we did a team retreat at uh, the residence at the manor of someone called David J.P. Phillips. David J.P. Phillips. And uh, am I recording? I just got to make sure. Am I even fucking recording? Yes. Am I recording here? Yeah. So David J.P. Phillips is uh, one of the most well-known public speaking coaches in the world. If you Google him, let's, let's take a look here. David J.P. Phillips... Oh fuck! Cool, my my mic is not. Uh, David J P Phillips TED Talk. Let's let's uh, let's take a look. Let's take a look here. Let's go to reaction. Uh, four point four million views on this one. The magical science of storytelling. Um, oh, I don't didn't even check if this audio. Ooh, this audio is not working at all. Fuck. Oh yeah, so that's something I didn't set up before we started. <laughs> this should work. Man, a journalist. Oh, his voice sounds different now. When was this? Five years ago. So we were at this guy's house uh, for the weekend with the team. He invited us to stay at his house. He has a manor, like an actual manor. I wonder if he has like videos of his manor uh, on YouTube. No. I don't think so. He has this crazy manor, like literally an entire massive old manor. Um, all of these like acres of land, multiple houses on it. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's like a big project um, of his family is kind of restoring it and all that kind of stuff. Um, really wild, really wild, really great weekend. So we spent the entire weekend there with the workshopper team. Or the AJ and Smart Education team, the AJ and Smart Courses team, and it was amazing. It was really—I uh, can hear this thing doing weird stuff again. If you listen to episode two, I think it was episode two <clears throat> of the podcast when I was talking about this topic of atomization. I think it's a very important topic. If you—if you didn't listen to that one yet, it's this idea of living a more integrated life rather than everything being in these separate pieces. And I think David has mastered that. He lives in the manor with his family. 
His business is run from the manor, so it's full of his employees. His friends are there. His mother lives there. Um, everyone's all in this big, massive space. And we were there. <laughs> you know, we were just invited to join in on like family dinners and breakfast and all of that stuff. And it was just such an amazing, amazing experience. The entire AJ and Smart team is like, we're, we're recovering. We're back to reality right now. And we're like, fuck like that was amazing like that was a very 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 special experience and uh yeah i think the aj and smart team also got to experience this idea i have about living this integrated life where it's not like okay now i go to my work and now i'm doing my friend things and now i do my work uh like family things it's just all kind of more natural and integrated you just wake up in the morning and you things just start to happen you you meet your friends you meet your colleagues that's uh i'm definitely curious about it i'm definitely um i'm definitely interested in exploring having a setup like that which is more integrated and less unnatural and less uh separated and yeah so really cool weekend we um he also ran a workshop for us, a storytelling and public speaking workshop. David, honestly, he's just the real deal. Um, when I think it's funny because when I arrived at the manor, I was like, oh, this this is weird, like that everyone, you know, family and everything, like it's just all so integrated that I actually thought it would be too much. Um, but it wasn't. There was It was really amazing. Um, Rebecca, just my sister who was with me, speaking of integration, my sister and my brother work at AJ and Smart now. Um, she just did a post about it. If you want to see how it looks, how it looked, uh, in the, if you go to facilitatorclub.com, she posted some pictures or you can, I think you can see it on, um, Instagram as well or fucking LinkedIn. So you can see we did a cold plunge. I'll be honest with you. I only went in up to my waist. Uh, everyone else uh, on the team, okay, not Rebecca, but everyone else on the team actually went into the lake. You can see David here holding two axes because literally the lake was frozen over so much that it had to be smashed. Oh, like we had to smash a hole in the ice and did cold plunges. Um, yeah, it was such a fucking cool weekend. So amazing. And uh, yeah, today's episode is going to be very, very short because the consulting team, the corporate consulting team is recording a new facilitation program or actually I'm not even sure exactly what they're recording. Um, I should have asked, but they are recording in this office space where I do my podcast and I do not fucking feel like moving all my podcast equipment just so that I can do a longer episode. And uh, I also want to, I also have like a little sauna appointment today. So we got to do it. And yeah, I, I've also been thinking about whether I want to keep doing this podcast. Um, you know, missing a, being so late this week, I kind of, I was like, yeah, do I, do I still want to do this? And so far the answer is yes, but who knows? Maybe this, you never know. You never know when the last episode is. Definitely what keeps me going is the, Great comments, great questions, uh, the feeling that people are listening to this and getting value out of it. But like I said before, as soon as I have the feeling it's not really giving anyone value, then I, of course, won't feel like doing it anymore. Um, so let's just enjoy it. Let's just enjoy it while uh, while it's happening. So yeah, the weekend 
was super special. Really, really special. Sweden, we were in like northern Sweden. I actually don't even know where we were, to be really honest. And uh, yeah, the retreat, just such a fucking, such a fucking great team as well. I know they listen to this podcast. Well, some people on the team listen to this podcast. I'm not just trying to compliment people. Um, it is just the best uh, team we've ever had overall at AJ and Smart. Like, it's just completely different. Um, completely different company to what it was three or four years ago. Uh, it's definitely the the... We're all still complete idiots. We're all very immature. We just make fart noises all day but the the business itself has matured a lot um also spent a lot of time working with david and his team that was part of the deal so the deal was we get to hang out in his manor and have a lot of fun and he'll do some training with us uh in return for me and laura and some other team uh, dom and adam helping them with sort of course sales related stuff because we are we are experts at selling online courses and that's you know our business and so that was really cool as well i think just you know we don't do that as a service so doing it going to going to someone who's kind of well known and helping them with their course business stuff it feels good it feels like yeah we're i'm useful so that was very fun as well so yeah amazing weekend and uh yeah there's uh what else happened in the last fucking since then looking back on my calendar um yeah i can't really talk about that that's something that's not i can't talk about on the podcast yet um no that's pretty much it that's pretty much the big business update (laughs) next week we are um doing our second launch of the facilitation course it's a second public so we're doing it in these sort of cohorts although it's not really really cohorts um and we're next week is the next big one so the first one went pretty good i think we made about 130,000 euro in that experiment and so obviously the goal is to make more <laughs> uh next time and we learned a lot from it we learned uh we're going to do a live stream but it's going to be different. It's going to be more of a warm-up to the emails themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want, to, I want to go straight into the main topic today. The main topic today, I told you last week, it was going to be how to get what you want out of life. But I actually decided the other night I just was hanging out. I can't remember exactly. Me and my sister were hanging out in my apartment and randomly at like, midnight i was like actually, i actually have an idea for an article <laughs> and i decided to write something and i found this video and i and i actually go back to this video a lot and it's called steve jobs and the secrets of life wait a second we're going into the main theme so let's hit the main theme music Today we're going to talk about We're going to be on the topic of getting what you want out of life And it's like a continuation of the topic from last week Which is sort of how do you figure out what you want And I want you, I want you to watch a video with me It's Steve Jobs, cliche, blah blah blah, who cares It's a great video Um, 
and we're just going to watch it. Let's just watch this. I hope it's loud enough. Last week I realized the videos were not loud enough. The thing I would say is... Okay, the audio is actually quite bad. It's not just that you're hearing it bad on the podcast. It is kind of coming out one year, one ear, it, and it also really starts in the middle. The thing I would say is... Okay, so let's listen. The thing I would say is... When you grow up, you tend to get told that the world is the way it is, and you're... Your life is just to live your life inside the world. Try not to bash into the walls too much. Uh, uh, try to have a nice family life. Uh, have fun. Save a little money. Um, but life, th that's a very limited life. Life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact. And that is everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. And you can change it. You can influence it. You can you can build your own things that other people can use. And the minute that you understand that you can poke life and actually something will you know if you push in something will pop out the other side that you can you can change it you can mold it. Um, that's maybe the most important thing is to shake off this uh, this uh, erroneous notion that life is is there and you're just going to live in it versus embrace it, change it, improve it, make your mark upon it. Um, I, I think that's very important. And however you learn that, once you learn it, uh, you'll want to change life and make it better because it's kind of messed up in a lot of ways. Um, once you learn that, you'll never be the same again. Yeah. I added, I added the music, by the way. <laughs> oh. If you're watching the YouTube... If you're not watching the YouTube version, then you can't see that I'm playing this flute for real, even though I'm talking at the same time. Um, that speech is amazing. Let me just kind of read out my favorite chunk of that because I wrote an article on it. Like I said, midnight the other night, I was just watching that video and I was like, fuck, you know what? I'm going to write a little article. So the article is called Life is a Game and Everything is Made Up. Um, so it's better to learn how to influence it rather than just getting dragged along. So in the beginning of the article, I, I quoted Steve Jobs. When you grow up, you tend to get told what the world... <clears throat> All right, I can't even fucking read it. <laughs> someone told me... Someone was talking about the podcast last week, and they were like, oh, yeah, it's great. You, I listened to you read an article really badly. So when you, grow, when you grow up, you tend to get told that the world is the way it is, and your life is just to live your life inside the world. Try not to bash into the walls too much. Try to have a nice family. Have fun. Save a little money. I know you just listened to this, but it's good to reiterate this shit. That's a very limited life. Life can be much broader once you discover the one simple fact. And that is that everything around you call life was made up by people who were no smarter than you. Seriously, that's such a big fucking thing to realize. And I have, re I have realized that. Like I, I, it's something that sort of has dawned on me that this is a life is a game. Life is a video game. Life is not a movie. I think I write that in the article here. Um, 
And you can change it. You can influence it. You can build your own things that other people use. And once you've learned that, you'll never be the same. Uh, I'll just read a little bit more here. So um, I think you should know that this is the truth. Everything you think is just how it is was invented by people who came before you and weren't necessarily smarter. Life is a video game you can play, break, and manipulate. It's not a movie that you just happen to be taking part of. In a movie, stuff just happens to you. In a game, you decide what happens and when. So what are you going to do about it? Let me close this out with a really amazing quote from someone else you'll think is cliche. So this is a quote from Gary V. Most of society's rules and traditions are based on when people were dying at 50 years old. As in, people used to not live very long before, so they had to make up a lot of rules around that. When you should get married, what you should do, and what you should have accomplished is literally based on last century's DNA. And so a lot of us are just getting dragged along by these rules and these ideas and these traditions that we think are like part of the like fabric of reality or something. I really realized this when I go back to Ireland and I'm talking to people and everyone's just like, oh yeah, no, I'm like, yeah, now I have to get a house. Like now I have to get a mortgage. And I'm like, why? Uh, like I, I genuinely, I'm curious. I'm like, why, why do you, why do you have to do that? And it's like, yeah, because like that, that's what you do. Like, it's just, there's no other options. That's just what, that is what you do in, in Ireland and in a lot of places you, First, you you find like a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Uh, then you buy a house. Then you get married. And then very soon after, you have two kids. Uh, and you also have to have a dog. And those things are... If you don't do those things, people think you're weird. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah, and you have to have a normal job as well. Like you, you being an entrepreneur, doing anything weird is just kind of... It's just weird. And questioning any of it is weird too. And so as you can imagine, I was always a to uh, the, the, what me deciding to leave Ireland was already like a weird thing. Like uh, people, people just think the way I live my life is completely crazy. And, um, I love when I meet people who question or just, just look at these things as suggestions and not rules. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can, you can buy a house, you can do these things, but, um, you don't have to. And the house thing is really, almost like evil it's like crazy propaganda because in ireland people buy houses in their early 20s and they're like it's a great investment by the way you have no idea if it's a great investment because you have no idea what you're doing uh money wise that's like one of those and one of those things it's like it's propaganda it's like it's a great investment and yet also every single person does it and not everybody is uh successful <laughs> So it's not necessarily a great investment. It just happens to be a thing that most people know how to do. Um, and banks will give you the money to do it. But it's a, it's a great investment. And then you buy a house when you're 23. And then you cannot travel anymore. You can't do, you, do, you have no more freedom because your entire life is now bound to this mortgage. Um, this, in my opinion, is a good example of living life uh, like a movie. Like as in everything is pre-scripted and you're, you're just supposed to f slot into it and that's it. And of course that's easier because you don't have to think that much. You just kind of like look at what the people before you did and you just do that. Um, and that's fine. It's, it just doesn't leave a lot of space to 
really figure out what you want and then really pursue what you want. La- last episode, we talked about how to figure out what you want. So you should go back there if you're thinking, about, uh, if you're curious about that. Um, and yeah, this, this, this whole thing of like, this is how life's supposed to be. And you just role model the people ahead of you. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of like, uh, just looking, uh, I just got a message. Let's check Slack. Uh, okay, I don't see the community channel. <laughs> okay, never mind. Um, yeah, this thing of questioning things also makes life, I guess, in the short term harder. <laughs> Because you are in control now. It's not a movie. It's not just like watching something on Netflix and sitting back and like watching life happen to you. Um, You are in control. And of course, a lot of people find that scary. But for me, I can never... Yeah, for me, questioning things has led to this point of being like, you know what? I don't really like how other people live uh, their lives for the most part. And I don't really have the feeling a lot of people are very fulfilled and very happy. And so instead of just going along with it, I'm going to try to meet people who have interesting lives and seem to be somewhat fulfilled and excited about life. And I'm going to see what they're doing right. And this weekend, being at David's house, uh, spending time with his family. Now, again, you know, I don't know. I don't deeply know David and his family and all of this stuff, but, um, there was elements of that which were really, really cool. Um, you know, whereas in Berlin, uh, I have a daughter and like you, the thing I hate is this atomization. Okay, it's the weekend. So I need to plan all of these things for my daughter and activities and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And uh, oh, I, maybe I can arrange something with my friends so it's not so boring. Whereas in David's world that he has created, it's like, you just wake up, the kids are there and there's people hanging around the house and there's activities and it's next to a lake and there's like, you just basically walk outside and there's stuff to do and there's people to hang out with. And um, it just feels more natural. The days flow more naturally. And um, yeah, I like I like that. I, I liked looking at that in this video game perspective of, okay, that's an interesting role model that's an interesting example i also like meeting guys uh that maybe this is weird for david that i'm talking about him like this i don't know i'm not going to tell him about <laughs> he won't he, he's unlikely to listen to this anyway but i love meeting men who are older than me um i think david's like maybe 12 12 15, 12 13 years older than me i think um who are still excited about life because a lot of guys that I meet and a lot of people that I spend time with are already pretty much sick of life. <laughs> um, even at 35, it's like it's like most people just finished college and then they're looking for their next. I, I read this one time. Seth Godin said, "Like people are like a, people are like birds looking for a cage. They're looking for the next thing to stop them from having to think." And um, yeah, a lot of a lot of guys, you know, when I talk to people in their 40s and people who have families it's like very often the relationship is kind of dead very often they're drinking or smoking to keep things somewhat numb um and yeah like that's kind of normal 
but like you know like you meet someone and it's like the only thing they're looking forward to is getting drunk on the weekend and i'm just like i don't know this doesn't seem good whereas with david it was interesting because we he reminds me of my level of excitement about doing shit and it's like you know meeting someone in their mid 40s who's still excited about life this is what i'm like okay so that's a good that's like some or someone who's passionate about their work as well you know he was working on saturday he ran this event he didn't get back home back to the house until like midnight um with it and also with his family they were with him at this event and i i liked that i like that i also like how integrated it is with the employees and stuff like that um they are friends you know like we i don't even know what the people i didn't really ask hey what do you do at david's company but like we were playing board games and one of his employees was the game master at like 11 p.m on a sunday night you know and it's not like he ha- it's it's and, and this is a little bit more what it's like on one of the teams at aj and smart so one of the teams here at aj and smart is not so integrated it's really like you come to work you do your job you go home you don't really interact with the rest of the team that's fine and i think that's um that's like what you know if you go on linkedin or if you uh hear about what it's supposed to be like working at a company nothing interferes with your life you do your work you clock in and you clock out um it's just not very integrated i don't personally like that and the the workshopper team we hang out a lot together like um you know two of the people on the team are my brother and sister and um uh like laura uh who runs the team is really good friends with a couple of the people on the team and they hang out personally and go to dinners and drink together and hang out on the weekends and um it's all very intertwined it's all very uh integrated and i know there's like it's dangerous to integrate things but uh yeah you can you can decide you can it's all a video game and somebody actually commented under this post i just saw it today Maybe he didn't comment. Where was that? I really love that he quoted something. Um, so Dan Carino, he wrote, uh, in response to my Steve Jobs quote, he wrote, there's a quote, the reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable man persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man uh george bernard shaw wrote that and i wrote underneath it i want to be an unreasonable man (laughs) i definitely want to be unreasonable um i am unreasonable i i do not agree with the when people one of the things that if you want to really piss me off um have a conversation with me where i'm like why why like why do we have to do it like this and then people are like just because that's how it is yeah yeah that that triggers me that triggers me a lot um especially around kids when i'm like i don't really like doing it like this i don't really like uh the way i don't i don't feel excited about the weekends when i have to raise my daughter like this way um that people like to which is activity 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 play date play date play date and the entire fucking weekend is just like draining and i'm just like no i'm not i do not like this it doesn't feel good to me and uh so i'm going to do something different and it's not about and and also of course the goal being that my daughter and me are very happy about it not just that i am happy about it but yeah i think it's just people find it weird that i question everything um 
in the majority of people that I meet question nothing. Get a house, get a partner, get a house, get married, have two kids, have a dog. Um, that's the rule. You do that or you're a freak. <laughs> oh, God. Um, you notice I'm less apologetic and in the previous episodes, I kept saying, well, that's easy. You know, I know it's easy for me to say because I'm privileged, blah, 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 blah. But now I'm like, yeah, I think I said that enough. Um, so, yeah, because I have to end this episode quite quickly. That's that's like, that, I, I want to know what you think about this. Like, what do you think about this idea that it's a video game, it's not a movie? And how do you feel about that? Are you the type of person who just goes along with everything? Um, do you question things? And by the way, how I know, how I... How do I figure out what, what I actually want and what I don't want and what feels like a video game, what feels like a movie? Well, when things feel like an obligation, when I feel like, when I say, I, oh yeah, I should do that. For example, when someone invites me to a wedding and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I really should go because blah, 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 blah. Then I realize, wait a minute, that's not, I don't want to do that. I really don't. Um, or when I spend a weekend like I just had and everything flows and I feel really, it's not, it's not like I feel excited the whole time. It just, I feel content. I feel quiet. I feel calm and I don't feel like full of obligation. I don't feel tired. That's when I realize, oh, that, that's something that feels good. That's something that feels natural to my personality. Um, same way with this podcast, you know, I, if I, if I was a normal person, I would just listen to how other people do podcasts and copy them. But I've decided I want to have this open-ended thing, even if some people don't like it, even if it doesn't get popular because of this approach. Yeah, let me know what you think. Um, if you've never commented before or sent in a, sent in a uh, message, it, you just go to howtobusiness, howtobusiness.substack.com. The link is in the description. Or you can go to YouTube, go to this video, go to YouTube, type in unscheduled CEO, go to this video, I think it's episode six and you can just comment underneath it. What do you think about this topic? What, what way do you live your life? <clears throat> and uh, yeah, like I said, short episode. So let us already, let us already go to the mailbox and we'll close things up and let's do it. Ooh. Okay, so Augustine, Augustine Bernardo writes in, he says, this is Augustine from Argentina, living in Minnesota, and I've been reflecting a lot on your episode about work-life balance, and although I fully agree with your principle, there's room for interpretation on what that means. I see work-life balance as the ability to organize your day and week in a more flexible way. As a designer, I'm passionate about what I do and don't have problems to work or talk about work outside of the 9 to 5, as design innovation technology business are things that I enjoy. The following quote will also help to exemplify my interpretations of work-life balance when working for a company, not being an entrepreneur, because you are still getting paid by the hour. A non-linear workday essentially means that you're not working a typical 9 to 5. You have regular periods of the day where you are working, but they don't typically match that standard of nine to five with a classic lunch break in the middle. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, and okay, here's my question. 
I don't consider myself an entrepreneur, but I'd love to know what, are, what which of your top values, beliefs, and behaviors are still applicable for a professional progressing through their career within a company. Um, <clears throat> in my opinion, the number one thing that people do wrong, I can see this, you know, as a, someone who runs a company and observing people who could have great careers uh, over over the last 13 years of running AJ and Smart, there have been people who've come and gone and I'm like, wow, this person could have had amazing, this person could have an amazing career inside and outside of AJ and Smart if they would do things a little bit different. And um, I think uh, the, probably the, it's more like which things will hold you back. And the biggest thing is the ego. If you have a big ego, um, and especially if you have a big ego, and don't have the skills or don't have any reason for people to respect you because maybe you have not had a long career yet, um, then you're fucked, basically, because everyone's going to hate you secretly and no one will want to work with you. And uh, But you'll think you're great and you'll, you'll think everyone just like doesn't see your greatness. <laughs> Uh, there's a book called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday, which I would recommend every single person read. Because the people who are the most successful, especially the people who are the most successful who don't own businesses, have low ego and high skill. So they tend to be quite humble, but really fucking good. And the reason they get good is because they are so humble and because they are willing to listen and learn from others. Um Laura, who runs the entire education business, is probably the most humble person I've ever met, but also the most competent, like just knows how to do shit. But also if she doesn't know how to do something, she'll just quietly learn. Um, so yeah, if you're, if I really believe, and also when I'm trying to get to the top or when I'm trying to get what I want, you know, I'm not at the top of the food chain. There's a lot of people above me. Then being humble and lowering my ego and putting other people ahead of me, other people's needs ahead of mine when I want something really helps, even if you want to play it as a game. I think there's two books I would recommend. One is Ego is the Enemy. And the second, this is a controversial book, is called The 48 Laws of Power. Because whether you like it or not, power exists. It is just power, like power structures is just a part of life which will always exist and never go away. And even though people love to try to build like systems to avoid that power thing existing, it exists anyway, whether it's in your friend group, in your company. It's, power, power is just part of life. And understanding it and understanding how other people use power so you know what they're doing such a valuable thing for building a career. And I'm not talking about, hey, use all these evil tricks. That's not what that book is about. Although you could interpret it that way. I interpret it as, oh, this is what happens when you have a power dynamic. When people are above me, this is what they might be thinking. And so it's just a good way for me to avoid fucking up relationships where there is a power dynamic when someone is above me which is a lot of my life. I mean, I would also consider, for example, David, the person who I spent the weekend with. Um, if I was, if I, if I wasn't, if I was more of a, 
dickhead and had more of an ego, maybe I would not have gotten along with David because we are very two very, very um dominating people. We are like the you know, the heads of our tribes or whatever. Um and I think maybe I would have had trouble with that maybe eight years ago because of my ego. Um, being in the room with someone who everyone else admires more than me <laughs> uh, would have caused me issues. And then these issues would have caused me to not be able to connect well uh, with this person. And then there would be no relationship. And yeah, I think that I, I think that's a really big deal. Read Ego is the Enemy. <sighs> a lot of people have, a lot of people, it's, it's crazy. Like even in our own, workshopper kind of world our own facilitation communities um a lot of people want things from me and from my team and from aj and smart and they go about it the really the wrong way often they go about it in a in a way that's full of ego and full of pride um and then i don't want to help them that's just as simple as that you know it's it's very simple like somebody comes if somebody comes at me with a big ego if somebody comes at me with a lot of pride and uh sneakiness or whatever of course i don't want to help them but if that exact same person had a bit more self-awareness had less of an ego uh was a bit more humble i think that one of the biggest things i tell people is it's good to know your place (laughs) like i i made a video about um canvas strat maybe it's even worth um playing that video because it's it's like it's honestly one of the biggest mistakes people make uh, uh aj and smart let's go to the aj and smart channel mm. i can't remember exactly what it's called it's like how to get ahead in your career or something um yeah one of the things i say in that video is like you need to know where you stand oh yeah it's a bit too long so i'm not gonna i'll just play maybe the start of it because i don't want to listen to the whole thing and i don't want, i don't have time so this is actually gonna it's called most juniors fail at this but you could just listen to the uh, and it's a ux video but it's actually it's actually just like a life you know if you want to get ahead this is kind of like a hack or whatever i don't know why that Camera, this camera is fucking shit. All right. This is something you can use if you already have a job. It's how to get more money, how to boost your career if you already have a job. If you don't have a UX job yet, this is going to be a great way to get you into the... This is actually very relevant for you because you are a UX designer, the person who wrote in, but uh, it's not just about UX. ...position where you can get your first job um, and actually really nail it. Hey, Jonathan here from AJ and Smart, and today's video I'm going to talk about the number one strategy for getting a job in UX, or to be honest, in almost any field. But because I came into my kind of career as a UX designer, um, that's just what I know, so that's what I'm going to be talking about. So first of all, for anyone who doesn't know who I am, I'm a UX designer at, at blah, blah, blah. Work, uh, for the last. Now, the Canvas strategy is a concept. So the concept I'm talking about is called the canvas strategy. I'm taking this from is called the canvas strategy. Now, the canvas strategy is, in my opinion, the best way to boost your career. But 
It's the best way to get ahead in life in general. The great thing is most people, even if they learn about it. Oh yeah, that's the thing. This is such a big deal. Like I've been telling people about the Canvas strategy for fucking years. Like this video itself is two years old. Nobody does it because everyone's fucking ego is too big. Like you're, it's funny because sometimes I'm like, someone, someone can be really talented, really talented. They'll join AJ and Smart. I'm like, holy shit, this person's talented. Their ego fucks them up. They end up leaving. And then like, I don't know, I meet them five years later and they still haven't been able to get their career moving. But I can't tell them. I, it's not my place. I don't want to, I don't want to say, Oh, I think if you looked at your ego, because their ego will stop them from actually being able to do anything about that. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's some, some people like they hold themselves back their entire lives because of their ego and they end up bitter most people won't learn about it but even if they do learn about it they won't actually execute on the canvas strategy because usually uh, a lot of young uh, designers are not humble and they think they know everything so that's one of the reasons why a lot of people watching this video will also not take action and not do anything about it so if you're one of the few people watching this and actually does something about it really really great Okay, so what's the Canvas strategy? The Canvas strategy is something I learned from a guy called Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday wrote The Obstacle is the Way. He wrote a lot of really great New York Times bestsellers. And my team will probably put the link to his Canvas strategy article in the description. Thanks, team. The Canvas strategy is, in a nutshell, it's about learning how to get what you want by learning how to get other people what they want. And, and even an easier way of thinking about it, it's about making other people look good as well. That's another way. So a quick example would be a lot of people ask me, how did my company, how did AJ and Smart end up working with these massive, cool brands? Like, how did we end up uh, working with Twitter? How did we end up working with companies like Lego? How did we end up partnering with the guy who wrote the book Sprint, for example? Well, Almost every single one of those cases, which helped boost my company like into the stratosphere, were related to the fact that I was using something called a Canvas strategy. And the Canvas strategy, basically, there's, there's like three steps in the beginning. One is you need to know where you are in the food chain. So, for example, I'm only going to go to that part of the video and then you can watch the rest in your own time. Well, three or four years ago, maybe I'll take a piece of paper here and write on it on the lovely AJ and Smart notepads, which we're not selling, don't worry. I'm like paranoid that people think I'm trying to sell something here. So the first thing is you need to know where you are. So know where you are in the food chain. So for me, I, okay, let's talk about um, working with Lego or something. And actually I'll even change Lego to Jake Knapp because a lot of people know, Jake Knapp is the, the guy who wrote the book Sprint. Um, there's like a billion copies of it up there. And a lot of people were surprised that I managed to uh, get in touch with him and then work with him. And then he connected me to a lot of other big companies like Twitter, for example. So I realized that I was here and Jake was up there. And because I realized this, I was... <clears throat> if, you, if you're not looking at the video, I kind of drew a circle on the bottom of the page and a circle on the top of the page. And I said, Jake was at the top, I was at the bottom. When it comes to the career food chain, uh, that's just the kind of way I look at it. Um, it, it, you can, it just means that you very clearly understand where you stand when you're asking for something. Because sometimes people will ask me for stuff 
And I have the feeling they think they are at the top of the food chain or at the same level as me. And so that that also means that the way they ask is like very incorrect. <laughs> like, oh, hey, John, let's meet up next week. I'm like, what? You know, we talked about this before. What, what do you mean let's meet up next week? <laughs> I don't I don't really know you. And like, wh- where, what is, what do I get out of this? You know, like there's, there's all these thoughts. I'm just one of the rare people who actually says what I'm thinking. Uh, most people will be like, oh, no, sorry, I actually don't really have time this week, blah, blah, blah. I was humble enough to realize that I can't just go and say, hey, by the way, Jake, um, uh, let's work together. Let, uh, get, connect me to all of your cool clients. And Seriously. That's what a lot of people do. That's a really big mistake a lot of people make is they're like, hey, can you look at my portfolio? Hey, uh, I want to work at AJ and Smart. Hey, I'll do an internship at AJ and Smart. Uh, or even, even they'll say, hey, I'll do a free internship at AJ and Smart. I get minimum five to six uh linkedin posts uh linkedin mails every day i wish i could just open it up right now but i don't want to shame people and it says hey jonathan really love what aj and smart does uh here's my portfolio would love your feedback Uh uh-huh and they think that's enough right first of all we don't do free internships so don't ask but they don't think about where they are, who we are, all of this kind of stuff. So that's step one, just understanding where you are in the food chain. And it's also good to know who's below you, right? So below me right now would be junior UX designers who want to learn things. So what you're wanting to do in a nutshell, in a, in a very simple graphic is me, the person, let's say Jake. So in my life right now, or in my life three years ago, it was me, the person, the people who I wanted to get in touch with and access their networks. And then under me was like junior UX designers who I was teaching through the YouTube channel. Okay, so step one is knowing where you are. Yeah, okay, that, that's enough already. <clears throat> you need to, you really need to know where the fuck you are in the food chain um, before you start trying to ask for things. Um, it's super important, super, super important. So yeah, that's my advice to that question. Uh, the question that, where the fuck is the question gone? Uh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, I found it. That was a question from Augustine Bernardo. Thank you so much for the question. Um, David writes in, he says, I think there's a lot to selfishness. Last week's episode was about selfishness. We idolize the most selfish people in society. Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, Gary Vee, Alex Hermosi. Yet when we sit in an office together, we treat collaboration as a big circle jerk where everyone should get to say their piece, share their thoughts. We feel obliged to ask people for their thoughts when we really don't care. It's a fast track to beige collaboration and political organizations because the only way you can actually get what you want is to manipulate others. Compared to the opposite of knowing where you stand with everyone because they're not dancing around the topic to avoid upsetting someone else. In terms of once, when I was in my mid-twenties, I decided I wanted to be a design director. By my late twenties, early thirties, I was on the verge of reaching that goal after a bunch of discussions quickly realized it wasn't what I wanted anymore. And it was time to step off the career ladder and become an entrepreneur. I'm glad I tried because it allowed me to burn my ships and commit to making my new business work. Hope you stick with the pod. It's thought provoking and gives me plenty ideas for content of my own. Thank you. I I really don't know if I'll stick with the podcast. Um, But I appreciate you um, asking or suggesting it. 
there's another question here. Kara um, Van Malsen. I actually haven't read it yet, or I haven't even looked at it. I just saw it now. Um, hi, Jonathan. What am I even showing on screen right now? Nothing. <laughs> um, hi, Jonathan. Kara from Florida here. You mentioned on another episode wanting to call out where people are writing in from. So there you go. Thank you, Kara. Loving this podcast. I stumbled upon it this week and now I'm going back and checking the earlier ones. Kara, I'm curious how you found out about it. Um, I don't know how people are finding out about this, which is how I got to this episode. This one resulted in a major aha moment for me. Now I'm going back and forth between watching Spencer's original video and your commentary. Um, Kudos to Spencer as well. Like your past self, I've been running a small consulting firm for about 12 years. We're very much still in the hourly Building, uh, billing model. Yeah, AJ and Smart is 12 years old too, so congrats. We've refined, refined our service offerings from doing whatever people came to us with to orienting around a few specific offerings, which is a first good step. But as much as we talk about moving into the more productized package service role based on value, not ours, we struggle to get there, much less to fully, much less to a fully productized offering, such as what you've done with Workshopper. This podcast and Spencer's video are solid gold in pointing me to the path forward and, of course, built to sell, which I've read and loved. The way Spencer tells it, you move from day rate, billable hour model straight to the design sprint offering. But as you mentioned at the end, the reality is always a bit messier. So I'm curious, during that transition, did you continue to offer day rate type services until the design sprint model really caught on and solidified? And today, does your consulting team do only design sprints or do you have other service offerings? Thanks for the insights. Keep it up. Ramblings and all. It's fun to sit back and enjoy. Kara, you're right. It wasn't the cleanest transition ever. Um, we decided in March 2017 or 18 that we're only going to do design sprints now. Um, but of course, there was like six months where we were still doing a mixture of day rate and hourly rate while we transitioned clients. But I I think, you know, a company usually, especially a small business, is very much um, a reflection of the leader. The leader and I am quite like, once I have an idea in my mind, I, I generally push it hard. And so I... Like once we sold one or two design sprints and once I felt how good it was and how it was to sell, I was just like, we're doing this now. That's it. This is how we work. We don't do hourly. We don't do daily anymore. So there was a six week, uh, six month transition, which was messy and was kind of painful. And some clients did quit and uh, not work with us anymore for a while. The consulting team does not only do design sprints today. They... um. Uh, they do design sprints, they do strategy sprints, and they do corporate training around facilitation. But still, the design sprint is the probably one of the main, I think it's like 80% of the revenue still. So still a big deal, very big deal. Um, it's kind of like the AJ and Smart specific type of design sprint. If you're in our workshop or master course, you'll probably know already um, what those packages look like. And, um, yeah, so we do a little bit of a mix, but the design sprint is still very, very big part of it, which is, which is quite crazy. All right, everybody, I got to go because they are waiting to start filming outside and they can hear me talking. Um, do let me know in the comments on YouTube, uh, or on howtobusiness.substack.com if I should keep doing this. 
uh, podcast because I'm on the fence, you know, whether or not to do it, keep doing it. Um, and yeah, upcoming for me is a trip. I'm going to, I've booked a house outside of the city for me and my boys. There's seven of us going out to a lake house and it's a little bit of an experiment in this sort of integration thing. I'm trying out something. Um, I just like booked a big lake house and I asked my friends if they want to come. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to be back in Berlin on Sunday. Hopefully next week's episode will actually come out on Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday as it usually does. And um, yeah, there's also some big things coming up at AJ and Smart, which I'm not going to talk about yet. But on that journey to me bringing AJ and Smart to eight figures, meaning past the 10 million revenue mark, a couple of big things have happened and lots to talk about. But yeah, do let me know if you think I should keep running the podcast. Um, if you like it, I mean, one of the best things for me to continue doing things is if there's pressure. So if more people are listening to it, it's help. It definitely helps. So just if you, if you really like this, just tell one other person about it. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's basically it. I'm going to go to the sauna now and think about what I want to do with the business and with the podcast and I'm going to reflect on the weekend I just had and um, yeah that's it thank you so much everyone for listening and I hope you have a really really fucking great rest of the fucking week you're all great (laughs) alright how do I usually do this I think I yeah Bye, everybody.